everyone, and welcome back to She's All That Minute. The podcast where we analyze the 1998 examination of beauty in high school, She's All That, one minute at a time. I'm your co-host, Aaron. I'm your co-host, James. Did I not say She's All That last time? I think you maybe didn't, but that's fine. Yeah. Whatever. And we're at minute four, which Mm -hmm. begins with Connie's friend saying, he called you Connie. And going through Paul Walker, who I forgot was in this movie, uh-huh. saying, hey guys, check it. Gah. Gah. <laughs> hey, hey, welcome to minute four, where we meet the one person I don't think is absolute garbage, but has a name. Con- Connie's fine. She's fine. Well, a little desperate, but... As far as we know, Lainey and Simon aren't absolute garbage i guess so they need to well, prove themselves no no true. in this minute laney is 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 trash laney the most ironic moment of this movie so far happens in minute four okay we'll, we'll get to it but first we have a very funny joke yes so connie's friend connie is you know like oh my god zach spoke to me and her friend goes he called you connie so your name is Melissa. <laughs> Melissa is the best punchline name for Connie. Like, uh-huh. I can't think of a better payoff than yeah. Melissa, where it's there's no sounds that are the same. Yep. <laughs> yep. Ugh, your name is but Melissa. I bet she starts going by Connie. Right, right. And she's all that too, the wrath of Connie. So Melissa's friend who is credited as girl number two, which I'm like, she can't even be Melissa's friend. Right. Um, Because Melissa's not credited as girl number one. Nope, she's credited as Melissa. Last episode I call her Connie, but I was was keeping that that veil in front of the elephant. Uh Uh-huh. So her name is Vanessa Cheddar? Cheater? C-H-E-T-E-R. Okay. One who chets, a cheddar. Okay. Her top three, she was Kelly Curtis in The Lost World, colon, Jurassic Park, Jurassic Park, which was the second Jurassic Park movie. Okay. Um, it had the grand tradition of the Mighty Ducks of, we yeah, we could call it Jurassic Park 2, but instead, we're not going <laughs> right. to call it that. But we right. are going to remind you that it is a Jurassic Park movie. Of course. She was... Uh, Becky in A Little Princess. Okay. And she was Janie Gibbs in Harriet the Spy, which sent me down a memory lane of she is uh, Harriet's best friend that isn't sport in the uh, Michelle Trachtenberg movie about the book I've read a gajillion times. Okay. Yeah. I think I only saw the movie once. The movie was never going to be as good as the book for me because... Yes. Yeah, it was fine though. Yeah, it was it was <laughs> fine. I yeah. seem to recall Rosie O'Donnell being very good in it. She was very good in it, and there was a cool uh, dance scene where the kids danced to James Brown at the end of the movie, which was fun. I don't remember that, but right. I remember the James book. and Aaron. Everyone. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she was also in Seventeen again. Oh, okay. Where I assume she was a teenager. Looking at a different Zach, Zach Efron. Would it have been? When did that come out? That came out 
after we were out of college. That was 2006, I think. Yeah, so she may not even have been a she, teenager. She might have been like a random teacher uh, or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Moving, moving. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, anyways. Um, so her first appearance was on Hanging with Mr. Cooper in season one, episode 10, which was called Miracle in Oaktown. I believe it is a Christmas episode. Okay. Uh, trivia about her, she received a Bachelor of Science from the University of Southern California in 2006 with a minor in business. And she is the oldest child of Guianese, Guiana, right? Is the name of the country? G-U-Y-A-N, Guyana? Guyana? Guyanese? I think I'm going to say Guyanese. She's the oldest child of Guyanese immigrants and the first member of her family to be born in the USA. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, Vanessa Cheddar or Cheater or Cheater, maybe. Then we sort of do one of those things that Can't Hardly Wait did for the first 45 minutes of the movie, which is scene ends, but the camera sort of follows the flow of people to our next scene mm-hmm. where Lainey is uh, in her, going in her locker. And, well, La- uh, Lainey is up. getting things from her locker. She's right. not like she's, climbing right. she's going into, into her. She's reaching into her locker and getting stuff from it. Yes. And her friend. I just pictured up. Rachel Lee Cook climbing into a locker, right? Closing like the a, door. You can't do that on television. Sort of like, hey, Jesse. Um, mm-hmm. Her friend Jesse walks up. Yep. Uh, and he is played by Eldon Henson, who I also forgot was in this movie. Mm-hmm. Same. Uh, Eldon Henson also has one of those names, like Enrico Colantino, where I'm like, Eldon Henson is that guy's name. Yeah. But that's probably because he's Fulton Reed f- forever and ever and ever and ever for me. Sure. Um, so his top three, uh, he was in uh, Daredevil, Defenders, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage as Foggy Nelson. Um, okay. He's, I would watch a Foggy Nelson spinoff show in a heartbeat. He is fantastic and charming as hell in those in those TV shows. It's great. He was in Idle Hands, which I forgot, as mm-hmm. P-Nub. Yep. The one who's not Seth Green. Right. He's the one that gets the bottle in the head, right? Or is that Seth Green? That's Seth Green. I believe he gets his head cut off and then they tape it back on the green ribbon style. Right. Cool. Cool reference to that 19th century horror Thanks. Story. It's come up on my Facebook feed like four times in the past month. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Okay. I don't know. <laughs> like random groups I'm in, somebody will just share the story. Well, like somebody shared, or like, just ref a it picture from it, and then another time somebody referenced it, and then somebody may have actually been Lindsay Nelson shared something about the scary stories to tell in the dark. Mm-hmm. Is um, that in that? Book? I don't think it is, but I feel like there was a reference in the article to mm. it, or maybe okay. in a comment. There was a reference. Sure. I don't know. The Green Ribbon right. has come up in my Facebook timeline way more often than it has any right to. Is it a story or just an urban legend? Like, is it a short story? Yeah, it's definitely in um, a book okay. that somebody brought to a Girl Scout camp thing when I was a kid, and it traumatized me. Oh, why? Well... <laughs> <laughs> Aaron hates green ribbons, and that's the end of that story. Uh-huh. So he was also Lenny in Butterfly Effect. Um, yes. Uh, I, a thing I also forget he's in, and a, a thing I also like very much, 
which I also think we talked about on Unabashedly Obsessed. So yeah. if you are interested in that, I think we did a... We discussed it, but we didn't do an episode about it. I think we talked about it in our time travel episode. Uh, so he was also Fulton Reed in The Mighty Ducks, D2 The Mighty Ducks, and D3 The Mighty Ducks. Um, there's a podcast uh, that I've been on for D2 and D3 called D5 The Mighty Ducks Minute, where uh, Blake is the host and he looks at five minutes of the Mighty Ducks movie at a time. So it's a minute movies okay. podcast, but it's five minutes at a time. Okay. Um, and he was also in Mockingjay as Pollux. Yeah, One of the competitors, was. which I did not, I also did not realize. No, I don't, was he one of the competitors? I thought he was like one of the camera crew. I thought that he was the um, he was, Avix. Is that uh, what they were yeah. called? Who, who had their Avox. Yeah, they had their tongues yeah. cut out. Oh, you're right. Okay, that makes me feel a lot better. Because Pollux, I was like, oh, he's, he was like a, a District 1, like, been yeah, training forever, dude. No, okay, he was, he was, um, he had no lines because right, he was mute. Right. Yeah. <sighs> Cushy job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> go watch Mockingjay and see why that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, his first appearance was as Freckle-Faced Boy on Season 1, Episode 4 of Amazing Stories in 1985 called Mummy Daddy. Would you like to know the plot synopsis of Mummy Daddy? I'm going to guess that it's about a dad who is a mummy. But go ahead and tell me. Yeah, yeah. That that took me a second to parse just because the of the play on words that, that uh-huh. the title is. A dedicated actor in a realistic mummy costume that he can't take off is shooting a movie in a swamp. When he hears his wife is in labor... He runs towards the town, but the local rednecks think he's the real deal and form a posse. Boy, that sounds like a great episode of television that I definitely am sad that I have not seen. I, yeah, same. (laughs) I think you could do that. You could do it well in sort of a Twilight Zone way, and you could also do it not well in like every other way. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And guess which one I'm willing to bet this is. Yeah, yeah, I think you're probably right. Unless Amazing Stories was, I think, in the 80s, directors also did like, I'm going to do TV shows too, uh, in the same way that actors do podcasts now. Mm-hmm. Um, trivia about Eldon Henson. That's his name. That's his actual name. <laughs> That's his actual name. <laughs> um, I always think it's Elder Henson, like he's a Mormon. Okay. But that's not true. It's Eldon. So anyways, um. His characters Lenny from The Butterfly Effect and Agent Gunners from Deja Vu were both integral to both plots regarding alternate realities based on time travel. Oh. Deja Vu. Have you seen Deja Vu? No. Uh, It's on Amazon Prime. Denzel Washington. Time travel. Eldon Henson is in it. We have talked about this. Yeah. I think after I watched it and was very impressed. It's very good. Also trivia, he... um, Started a production company called Roulette Entertainment with, do you know who he started? It's a famous person, Josh Hartnett, and him started a production company, I guess. What, were they ever in anything together? Aaron, I don't know, but I do know a website that I visit a lot Mm -hmm. that I can find out. Uh, They were in O together. Oh, okay. With Julia Stiles. No, it was just O, not O, okay. Got it. Oh, okay. Was the prequel before everything went wrong? <laughs> I see. Oh, Mackay Pfeiffer was 
Othello in that. Yes, hmm. I do remember. I don't think I ever saw that, but I wanted to. Yeah, I never saw it either. It's a good cast. Mackay Pfeiffer, Julia Stiles, Martin Sheen, Josh Hartnett, and for whatever reason not listed here on the uh, IMDb preview, Eldon Henson. Mm-hmm. They probably didn't think that was his real name. Um, so Jesse comes up, sweet Jesse, lovable, lovely, sweet Jesse, and says, hey, did you see Dateline? the Dateline on sewage dumpers last night? I taped it. Oh, 1999. <laughs> and then in this movie about how uh, beauty is only skin deep and you should love yourself for your own who you are and image is not everything and blah, 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 blah. The heroine of this, who's going to make a big deal about how they made her look good and blah, 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 fat shames him and says, what happened to dropping 10 pounds before graduation? Yeah. And I think, hey, everyone, welcome to the show. It's the first appearance of Optimus James. I think this is laying the seeds of the of the theme really early. And being like, everyone does it. So when she's shaming people later for, for being like, you didn't like me until I was pretty. Mm-hmm. I think that, that there's a seed here of get off your high horse, Laney. Let's just calm down a little bit. Right. So, now, he is eating like a donut or something, right? Like it's not a completely random. Not of, right, exactly. Not, which doesn't make it okay, but there right. is at least some context. And it's not like, hey, did you see that TV show? Wow, you're fat. Hey, speaking of sewage dumpers, Jesse. Yeah, oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't know if that's gross or horrible or both, so I think it's probably both. Yeah, huh? Yep. Um, then we start to meet some other just winning, winning people. Yeah. Um, Paul Walker is next. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in, hey, he was in uh, The Fast and the Furious. Anyone... Anyone heard of it? It's some movie. It I don't know. It sounds vaguely familiar. <laughs> uh, and he, so his top three, The Fast and the Furious, that's the first one, as opposed to the sixth one, which is just Fast and Furious, mm-hmm. titling people. Um, and then his number two was Furious 7, mm. because I think that was the one where he had died during, like, the during production filming? Of it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then he was... Uh, in a movie called Running Scared, where he played a character, Aaron. I'm not kidding when I say that his character's name was Joey Gazelle. In a movie called Running Scared. I, if it's not an, an like an animated like Lion King Madagascar thing. It better be. I mean, it could also be like a mob thing. Actually, Joey Gazelle also would work just fine in a mob thing. Yeah. Hey, would. Joey Gazelle, get over here. Yeah, no, it would. Now I kind of want it to be an animated Lion King style thing about animal mobsters. So the Lion King. Uh Uh-huh, but with gazelles. (laughs) Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. He was also in Joyride. Do you remember Joyride? Maybe? Paul Walker, Steve Zahn, Lily Sobieski. Yes. And a shotgun pointed at a door are the stars of, of Joyride. I remember... That the movie existed. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure I saw it. I okay. could not tell you anything about it. I saw the trailer and then read the Wikipedia synopsis probably seven years ago. Okay. In the trailer, you see the setup of, like, the final gambit, which is Lily Sobieski tied up in a chair with a, a shotgun is pointed at her and connected to... The door where they're going to come in. 
Okay, so that, when, so that when they pull the door open, it pulls the trigger and shoots her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Scared the crap out of me just from a perspective of, like, just the the way that the trailer depicted it. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm real good. Interesting. I feel um, like I saw it. Yeah. But I don't remember anything about it. From the plot synopsis, it seems like that's like a minor part. Like, it's just oh, sort I'm of sure. a, a, a tail end of it. But yeah. uh, then that exact, almost exact same gambit happened in uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, So I was okay. like, ah, cool. Awesome. Thanks Great. for making me revisit this one. <laughs> right. Except where it was pointed at the door where the person was going to come in. Oh, okay. Um, which is better to me. Because it was behind the, the captives, like, behind them. Because the, the idea of you're sitting there tied up, unable to move with a gun pointed at you that is set up to go off. That's, right. that's just horrifying. To me. Yeah. No, I hate that. Um, his first, uh, he was also in uh, The Skulls with Joshua Jackson. Um, that which was, was the one about the it Secret Society. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, it was, that was fairly good, I thought. Um, I vaguely recall enjoying it. Yeah. Uh, he was in Varsity Blues, mm-hmm. which I still have not seen, weirdly. Or maybe not so weirdly. I have seen it. I, yeah, yeah, eh. it, it was, it was fine. I've kind of written it off as I've seen not another teen movie, and I'm fine on that one too. Yeah. So, um, he was in Pleasantville, which I always forget. Mm-hmm. Um, which is he a great was. movie. Oh man, and I want to rewatch that. That one's a good one. He his first appearance was as Professor with an E R instead of an O R. Bennett in Monster in the Closet. I believe he was a child, so like, it was one of those like, "There's monsters are real, but the kids can fight them" sort of deal. Okay. A uh, trivia: He owned a Labrador named Zero, a Chesapeake Bay puppy, and a horse named Cowboy. Oh, it's a pretty good name for a horse. It's a very good name for a horse. Uh, then Dulé Hill is in this movie, um, with uh, in She's All That, the movie we're talking about, um. Do you know Dulé Hill? I know the name, and I yeah. know the this movie. Right. But I don't know why I know who Dulé Hill is, aside from this movie. So, I know him as Gus from Psych. Okay. He was no, the, yep. the friend in Psych. Yep, that's what... A okay. lot of people are going to know him as Charlie Young from The West Wing. Nope, I know him um, from Psych. Which okay. I've only seen a few episodes of, but that's, that's what I know him from. Uh, I find that he is great. And is very charming. Um, and he was also in 35 episodes of Suits as Alex Williams. Uh, he was on Ghost Rider as Basketball Boy in the episode To Catch a Creep Part 1. Okay. Which, ghost Rider like the show that we've talked about with yeah, the ghost exactly. who helps kids solve right. mysteries. Which they've remade apparently. They have. There's yeah, a new version of it. That's what I heard. Um, but if it's not the time travel one or the one where the monster is the gum monster, I'm I'm pretty much, I don't know any of it. Because, uh, hey, but if you are interested in Ghost Rider, go revisit the mini episodes that they did on the podcast Midpoint mm-hmm. about Ghost Rider. Uh, it's fantastic. Yes. Agreed. His first appearance, Aaron, was on the Dick Cavett show in 1986. Where he tap danced because he was a professional tap dancer as a child. Aww. So he was 11 tap dancing on the Dick Cavett show in 1986. And I bet he was adorable. Yeah. 
Wow, I didn't write down. So this is written by Ed Mitchell and Robin Ray. Okay. And it look, I said it looks like they mostly did horror movies like Children of the Corn 666. So this is a weird turn for them. Oh. Yeah. And then uh, Rick Pagano doesn't appear on IMDb as being associated with this movie. I don't know if he's a third writer or what. Hold on one sec. Pagano. Being associated with this movie? Yeah. Actually, why am I looking up the thing I just said isn't, he's not associated with on, on IMDb. No, it was written by Arlie Fleming. Who am I looking at? Casting, casting directors. Right. I wrote down, they cast um, this movie. I wish I'd written that down. So Ed Mitchell and Robin Ray cast this movie and they also cast uh, Children of the Corn 666. Okay. Uh, I like to write down uh, casting directors on movies where it's like, wow, good pull on all of this. Yeah. Because, like, this is a great cast. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, and I think Rick Pagano might have been, like, the casting director or something. Anyways. Okay. He's not on IMDb, so he doesn't exist. That's true. I think Paul Walker's first line is next. Guess who jammed a 30-year-old flight attendant at 26,000 feet en route to Cancun? Gross. Jammed is... That's why I say gross. <laughs> yeah. Jammed. Well, also, I mean, I don't know. We'll assume he's 18, but... Right. <laughs> jammed. Jammed. Also, what an 18-year-old thing. Now, in the world, and America specifically, there's a weird put women out to pasture super early thing. Mm-hmm. Except for when you're in high school and the older women, like the 30, 31-year-old women, are like the uh, the unattainable thing you want. Yeah. 30-year-old flight attendant is, like, big cachet. Oh, yeah. For, like, five more years and then and then too too old. Yeah. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Which is gross. Uh Uh-huh. And then Dulé Hill calls bullshit on that. So Mm -hmm. Dulé Hill, I think, is my second favorite character in these five minutes. Okay. Um, For something I think that happens in minute five. Okay. Um, Then... uh, Paul Walker's character, whose name is something I didn't write it down. Welcome to James and Aaron Minute Movies. Yep. <laughs> um, asks how Vale was. I looked up Cancun and Vale, and then I erased it because it was not interesting. Yeah. Vale it is was skiing, like, right? Vale is skiing. Cancun is Mexico. There, we did it. Yeah. Uh, there's eight weeks left in school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I have a note about this. Someone, yeah. I didn't write down who, I think it's Zach, says, has it occurred to anyone that we only have eight weeks left of our high school careers? And I wrote down that that is such a teen rom-com line. <laughs> has anyone established the time in which this takes place? You know? Yeah, like at some <laughs> point in any teen movie like this, they're going to reference how high school's almost over. Right. And then yeah. the line that follows this, he says, tomorrow's not just tomorrow. It's like the future. That's true of every tomorrow. Yes. Indeed it is. Indeed it is, James. Yeah, that is ridiculous. That is what I call a what an odd thing to say line. Yeah. uh, From a Simpsons uh, establishing line. Uh, Yeah, I love that. That's hilarious. Do you guys realize there's only eight weeks left in high school? Tomorrow's like the future. For the first time ever. See, the thing is that he's a time traveler who's been doing like a Benjamin Button thing where tomorrow's always been in the past. Uh-huh. 
And so, like, except for today. Except for today. He's been Groundhog Daying it uh, for all of his high school career um, <laughs> until today. So he's, uh, he's, 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 he, 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 uh, he finally got to jam that flight attendant. So Groundhog Day ended. Oh, well, unfortunately, that was Paul Walker who jammed the flight attendant. And this no, I know. is Zach. He- <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. was it that was it that Paul Walker jamming the flight attendant is what Freddie Prince Jr. needed to break out of his Groundhog Day yeah. thing? Got right, it. Exactly. Okay. It was like a setup thing. I right. apologize. That, I was that's what I was going for, and not the other. I thing. I apologize. I was confused. Yeah, you. It's you that was confused. Uh-huh. Let's move on to my next note. <laughs> sure. Um, some uh, it says music by Stuart Copeland, and I'm just gonna feel this one. I was like Stuart Copeland, and I looked it up, and indeed. The drummer for the police, the man that has seen the back of Sting's head probably more than anyone else, um, did the music for this uh, for this movie, which is fine and whatever. Uh, but the really important thing is that he was born on my birthday. Oh. Or I was born on his birthday or whatever. Sure. Um, that is the so most yeah, important bir- thing. Birthday twin of James, Stuart Copeland. Mm-hmm. And that's the last of my notes. Should we do some social media? Let's do social media. I'll... I'll I'll take the I'll take the reins. Yeah, on you this take one. this one. I'll jump on Paul Walker's horse cowboy. Um, it was Paul Walker who had the horse cowboy, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Uh, we have a Twitter handle for this podcast, which is at je underscore minute movies, and we have individual Twitter handles. Mine is at unabashed James, and I am at unabashedly Aaron. We are part of the Scavengers Network, which you can find on Twitter at ScavengersNet, and which we will put an ad for one of the other shows on the network at the end of this episode. Indeed, we will. Uh, that's going to do it for this day's episode. Happy Thursday, everyone. Tomorrow, someone is going to put someone in their place. Mm-hmm. So come back to come back very soon for that. And oh, by the way, don't forget your paint-stained overalls. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content. PodCube. Podcasts from the past delivered to the future. With PodCube's pseudo-linear 4D adiabatic qubit streaming technology, you can select any point in history and record it for personal gain. What was the group dynamic with Australopithecus? What brand of cigarettes did the Spanish Inquisition smoke? Was Leonardo da Vinci a pants guy? Or a shorts guy? You can discover with PodCube. Listen for yourself to the flagship PodCube podcast, Alabaster's Haberdashery, recorded on location in 1880. Simply search PodCube, all one word, in your podcast app or visit PoweredByPodCube.com. PodCube, the future is yesterday.